Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Girl Boss Radio from Panoply. It's me, your host, Sophia Amoruso. I'm back from my book tour. I am no longer traveling across the country. I'm really glad to be back in LA. There's a lot going on. It's a wild time. And uh, we have some amazing guests coming up on this podcast. So just sit tight. If you guys don't know who I am, I'm the founder of Nasty Gal. I'm the founder of Girl Boss, the author of Girl Boss, and the author of a book called Nasty Galaxy, which just came out a few weeks ago. That's where I've been. Every week I interview a different woman uh, who's inspiring, who's achieved something, who has some life experience that she can share with us so we can all learn from her mistakes and her successes to hopefully navigate our lives better. Today's guest is Britt Morin, the founder and CEO of Brit & Co. and a dear friend of mine. Before Britt Morin could light that creative spark in all of us, she had to find that creativity within herself. After working for Google for four years, she left her stellar job working under Marissa Mayer to start her own company. But first, she gave herself a six-month break. That's a girl boss moment if I ever heard one. And those six months were, as Britt describes it, some of the most transformative months of her life. She enrolled in classes at a creative space for makers to work on their DIY projects. For years at Apple and Google, Britt was always behind her laptop. It was refreshing for her to finally work with her hands, whether it was with clay, carpentry, or 3D printers. And that experience ultimately inspired her to found Brit & Co., a new media and commerce company that enables creativity through inspirational content, online classes, and do-it-yourself kits. Brit & Co. has raised over $30 million of venture capital, employs over 100 people, and Brit is a regular DIY and lifestyle contributor to the Today Show. I'm so happy my friend Brit could join us here at the Girlboss Studios in Los Angeles. Britt, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. This is fun. I get to see if this is like twice in a month, I think. I know. We're basically BFFs. Yeah, so I know. So yeah. I spoke at your conference. Yeah, Remake. Remake, which was amazing. 15,000 people. Well, I only spoke so, in front of oh, like yeah. 500, thank but God. But there's like the longest line ever for your new book. I was, yeah, I know. Well, it was like before it came out, it but was, still, yeah, it was I really know. cool. I know. We cool. got the first exclusive I know. Nasty Galaxy books. Like Thanks for doing that. Not even the bookstores had I know. Yeah, they were course. so pissed at us. Okay, so I want to start at the beginning, which is where we start every podcast. Okay. Which is your first job. Oh, my gosh. My first job was working at a retail store, but it was a tennis pro shop. I didn't even know what that meant. Uh-huh. Was that some like han- fancy country club? I did not live in the country club, in the like neighborhood of the country club. Uh-huh. Um, so I didn't understand like how to treat people who like could just have tennis lessons in the middle of the day and, and stuff. And, and I like, <laughs> I like scheduled I their don't. courts for them. <laughs> I like, there was a retail store. So I helped do it. Like the fun part was doing a lot of the buying and merchandising and like selling products and learning kind of the commerce side of it all. And then, I had an opportunity to make more money if I both taught children's tennis lessons, which I had never played tennis, so I sort of made it up, and be strong tennis racket. That's the coolest machine. Have you seen these yeah, things? Yeah, they're trippy. Usually it takes 45 minutes to string a racket. I got so good I could do it in 15. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
Just wow. call me Antonio's racket stringing badass. I love racket strings. They're so <laughs> weird. It's such a like it's like a weaving pattern. Yeah. I feel like maybe that was the start of my DIY. That makes <laughs> sense. They kind of look like something that makes cotton candy a little bit. They're yeah. just like wow, wow, wow. It's kind of scary if you if you mess up though, because the string one string breaks and the whole thing's done and you have to start over. Do they ever like fly in your face? Like the yeah. tension like seems yeah. dangerous. And, people, and like if you broke someone's racket at a country club. It's a big deal. Like, you have to pay for their racket. It's like 200 bucks. Those machines can break the Yeah, because it's all about tension. You know, it's, everything's about tension. And oh. I know. It was ridiculous. And then you decided to start Brit and Co. Just kidding. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. So I went tennis guys. Brit and Co. Yeah. Um, so what was your first real job? Did you go to college? <laughs> Briefly. I think, I think you did. I tested out of almost two years of college. And my friends thought I was crazy because they were like, College is the best time of your life. Why would not? Why wouldn't you go for all four years? And I was so like fast track. I wanted to get to California. I wanted to work in tech. I was like taking coding classes in high school. I loved. It was this was like early two thousands. Wow. Everything was happening that was cool in tech. And so I was just like, how do I fast track it out of Texas, which was where I'm from? So I went to UT Austin, Hook'em Horns, and um, yeah, I, I just took. I just was like in the major that got me out the fastest <laughs> so <laughs> it was a communications major and with business like minor and um yeah I, I graduated almost two years early I like moved to California before I could drink oh my god I know you graduated college before you could drink yeah that's insane I know wow you sound like a lot of fun. Okay. <laughs> I, <know. No. laughs> I was such an amazing party animal no. in college. Let me tell you. But your first real job was at Apple? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you manage that? I know. Well, so funny. I had an opportunity to either intern at the Jimmy Kimmel Show in L.A. Ooh. or at Apple and iTunes. And to think that, like, this was a toss-up for me was crazy. Because <laughs> I was like, ooh, Jimmy Kimmel, like, L.A., that would be super cool. The entertainment industry, oh Hollywood. like You'd be such a different person. I would have been such a – this was, like, literally the At fork 20. in the road of my life. Yeah. Wow. And I chose Apple instead. And so, yeah, it, like, changed everything. This was, like, I worked in iTunes when it was, like, only music. Like, no apps, no movies, none of that stuff. Steve, the iPhone hadn't come out yet. Steve Jobs straight up lied to my face, by the way. I asked him <gasps> at an all hands one time, 2006, Steve, will we ever make a phone? And he said, you know, I would never want to compromise the quality of a camera, a phone, and an iPod in one device. If you oh. put all three things together, one has to give. Was this while they were working Six on it? Six months later, Six the months? phone came out. Yeah, and I like, found out there was this whole war room downstairs like with people working on wow. it. My friend was the hand model of the phone. She oh worked in graphic God. design at Apple. So she was been on the cover of Time. Um, yeah, she's really famous hands. Wow. Yeah. Um, they were good at keeping a secret, but they did leak the new MacBook Pro photos Which I've been today. waiting for. So. I know, oh, me I too. Yeah. It's definitely happening. It's been killing me. It'll Do they have rose gold? Have I didn't see the photos. I don't know. I they, there's a trackpad at the top where you can swipe and like pay for stuff. Like your phone kind of. Do you have the new iPhone? No. Do I need it? It's killing me. This headphone jack thing. I don't even know about it. It's like a Basically, new headphone jack. Basically, you can't put your normal headphones in the phone oh, without this little adapter thing. They want Bluetooth stuff. And, so, like Bluetooth and then the only. other AirPods haven't come out yet. Basically, really in 10 years, we're all going to be wearing like contact lenses in our eyes and have like implants in our ears. Oh, and like God. that's how we're going to interface with the world. So this is one step closer what to that reality. What if someone like hijack them, though, and like blow your face up? No. No, the contact lenses are going to be the craziest thing. Uh, yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> so you went to Apple. Went to Apple. You were interning. Mm-hmm. How long did you intern for? Um, just a few months, and then I stayed on there for like a year, and then I moved to Google, and I started on Google Maps. Cool. Yeah, except for MapQuest was the number one mapping provider uh, at the time. Who was that? So it was like, whatever MapQuest, like, we, and then we overtook them. Like, it was a big deal. That probably happened really fast, too, I feel sort like. Of. This was before Google Maps was on your phone. Uh-huh. I'm, like, aging myself. Oh, um, my God. We're but both, it's only like, 10 years 12, old. I know. We're, like, 13. And then I went to search, and I learned all about all, like, Google search and all kinds of stuff. And then I went to YouTube and got oh. to work on a new product called Google TV, which is sort of like Apple TV, but Google's version of it. And um, I had to make, like, sure there was a lot of content for the Google TV before we launched it. And so I had to meet with all these TV companies, like the networks and the operators and the content makers, and, like, convince them why they should put their video on the Internet. And so many of them flat out were like, hell no and a lot of them <laughs> they didn't say that they were like no thank you and a lot of them were like well can we put up a paywall and some of them were like i would love to but i have no engineers who can like put my who can make this happen and so google like would build it for them and, and it was like my first glimpse at how the media industry was just not evolving into digital mm-hmm. quickly enough and how this generation had grown up like watching YouTube videos and didn't require you to like, make a fancy schmancy like TV show if you could make like great content in your bedroom or you know or for a much less expensive price and so that's sort of what I started to, I started like becoming more and more obsessed with media and the way that the internet was revolutionizing media and how this generation of women especially were wanting different types of content that was inspirational and educational and Pinterest had just launched and there was like everyone, all my girlfriends were like pinning recipes and interior Uh decor and craft projects but then they would all tell me like I'm like so not creative. I like never went to home. I had home at class and I never learned to sew and I can't even cook eggs and bacon and they would be like penning gourmet meals, you know, and things like that, uh-huh. like they wanted to, but they like were holding themselves back. So I sort of took that all that away. I was like, wow, like these women want to be creative and they like literally don't know how to do it. They don't, and they don't believe that they are. And, and that's kind of where the start of Britain Co. all happened. Wow. And so how old were you when you started Britain Co.? And how did that come about? 25. 25. 25. Amazing. Yeah. I had just, I had, so I left Google four years, after four years. Everyone thought I was crazy. Like for four years in a row, literally in like all the best places to work list, it was number one. My parents would like brag about me to all their friends all the time. Like my daughter works at Google. And um, <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> there was like slides in my office and free food. And there was this thing called a conference bike, which was like an eight person bicycle that you could have a conference on. Oh my God. I know. Like I went there once and there's free soft serve. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that movie, The Internship, is legit. What's that? What? Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson? I've never seen that. Oh my God, are you joking? I've seen The Intern. Well, obviously, because everyone's like, <laughs> isn't that modeled after you or something? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but that's my real life too, that movie. But yeah. The Internship is hilarious. That's on your homework that's list so tonight. That's funny, okay. Okay, what? Yeah. Anyway, so it's modeled after Google. It's exactly how it was. People thought it was crazy that I left and... I literally left without knowing what I was going to do. I decided to unschedule myself 
and take six months to just be like, what do I gravitate towards naturally? And like, maybe I should do more of that. Because I've always, always heard that quote, like, do more of what you love and turn it into your job and like yeah, totally. all that stuff. You'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, if you do. Yeah, yeah. right. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, it's good to start there. But yeah. So like <laughs> the first few life. weeks were cool because I like needed a break legitimately. And then the next phase was what I call like the depression phase where mm. I felt like worthless to society because I had no job and I was like, what I should I do feeling. today? Maybe go to, <laughs> should I go to yoga? Should I like stay in my pajamas all day and watch trashy TV like should I had you just saved money and you're like I had like yeah I saved money so and cool. 25 is such so early to have that kind of perspective and be well, like, I like graduated like, college eight years early yeah I know um, <laughs> you pray love now yeah. so I like I would my at the time boyfriend fiance fiance I was gonna get married soon came home and I was like sobbing he was like what's wrong and I was like I added no value to the world today uh-huh. um, and so I started learning I needed to like schedule stuff and and this place called Tech Shop opened it was like a gym for making things so you pay like a hundred bucks a month and you can um, you know use laser cutters and 3D printers and sewing machines and they like train you how to use all of it first before they let you just go uh-huh. town on it and so I just like learned how to use all these things that I'd never learned before and instantly I was like this mecca of ideas that were I was like making shit all the time like I would come home with like a new vase and then the next day I would make like a giant wall art like decor piece and the next day I was like making stuff for my wedding and I was there like morning till midnight every day and having so much fun and I was sort of like my girlfriends were like what how did you learn to do that I was like I don't know like it just like I just learned it it's not hard it's you like do stuff on your computer and press the button and it like happens and like a laser cutter and so I just found like I love making things I love ideas I've always wanted to be an inventor when I was younger and I sort of like took that took the thing I learned about media and was like let's like build the next generation of like a media company for this generation of women who wants to be creative and like how do I how do we show them how to do it um, in a really human way a really authentic way I'm not an expert who has been doing this my entire life I just learned too so you know I think other women can come along with me so what is Britain Co today yeah so today we're almost five years old um, if you count like when I was in my apartment by myself working on it out of my savings account and uh, we reach over 100 million people a month, mostly women. Wow. Um, I mean, we're a legit media company now. We're producing hundreds of videos a month. Like every day we're putting out hundreds of pieces of content across our site and social networks. We're one of the biggest brands on Pinterest. We're one of like 20 or so on Snapchat Discover. We um, are, are really big on Facebook. We have a big site presence, of course. And so we love content. I love making content. It's all types of categories, beauty, home, food, et cetera. And then we also have learned that people get inspired, but they don't actually know where to start. So we launched classes in the last year. Um, So for like 20 or 30 bucks, you can take one of like 100 different classes from calligraphy to DSLR photography to coding and all kinds of kind of skills, how to start a business, like all these skills-based classes. Um, Because I really want to empower women to like take that 
actual leap forward and not just be inspired, not just pin something, but like actually learn how to do it mm-hmm. and like feel good about doing it. Mm-hmm. That's that's to me like what makes our business successful. If we see women out there like actually doing stuff and like getting that confidence in them again, yeah. then then like that's success to me. Yeah, I mean, even just cooking yourself a meal is, yeah. can be just why, like, like you're making something. Meal kits feels have been good. so If you don't successful. screw it up, it feels good. If yeah, you screw it up, like then you're hungry. Blue Apron and, and all these things, they make it so easy for you, but then you put it together and you're like, holy crap, like I'm an epic chef. And like, if you can give someone that feeling, yeah. then that's amazing. They've sponsored our podcast. Nice. So you've raised, and I, to most people, saying only 30 million, I think <laughs> is um, like, you'd scoff at it, but yeah. I've raised more than that, which I don't, I'm not make? sure I'm proud of. Mm. It's like 65 maybe. Mm-hmm. The number of employees you have and the amount of venture capital you've raised is no indication of how no. successful you are, just for the record. Um, how? When was the last time you guys raised? Last May. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. What is your advice for someone who might be looking to raise money for their company, even if it's just like friends and family or something small? And, you know, what have you kind of learned through having raised money and <laughs> how do you think about it we can like digress on this forever. i know we can go have an offline conversation i think about it's it like it's funny <laughs> because when if you would ask me like what's been the points of britain co where you like have felt the most successful and like the points that have been like the biggest downers they both center around like raising money uh, yeah everyone applauds you when you raise money and it, it is like it's hard and it's a big indication that like you've got great momentum a bunch of really smart people really people believe in your business got together and gave you like tens of millions of dollars yeah it's incredible and so i feel like really proud of us when we do that and at the same time raising money is like the worst thing ever so it's like such a distraction you're literally losing less equity in your company um (laughs) you're giving up part of your baby you know and and um you have to deal with more people who want to like own it and tell you what to do and so it's like such a downer too. And and I think that if you can avoid that, then that's amazing. I think the problem with today's generation is that they're so impatient. Um, Andy Dunn from Bonobos once said, and this always stays true with me, like a great brand takes 10 years to build. And this is probably true for you too. Mm-hmm. Like I think it just takes time to build a good business. And like everyone expects, like sees the Facebook thing and like Snapchat and WhatsApp and Uber and expects to like have a billion dollar business in two to three years. And yes, that's a unicorn company that has raised a ton of venture capital and like got really lucky to get there. Most companies will never get there. And I don't feel the need to rush to get there in any mm-hmm. way, shape, or I think form. That's so smart. So if you're okay continuing to enjoy what you you're doing and just looking at it on a longer time horizon, then why not not raise money or just raise a small friends and family round or put in a little bit of your own money and, and try to go at it for like ten ish years, even just, longer. Just ten years. Like well when I started Britain Co, I was like could I be doing this the rest of my life? Like, I put my name in the brand. I know. That's crazy. The number one question I get asked is, like, what happens if you get hit by a bus? Which, like, I don't know why it's always a bus. Like, the scenario is always the same. It's always a bus. I'm like, self-driving cars are coming. We're going to be safer on the road soon. You're like, I have two kids. I could care less about anything else. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, like, I'm nursing. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if you are. Sorry. No, I'm done. My travel schedule is too crazy. No, I just stopped. Um, But, um, 
yeah, it's sort of like I, I don't. I put my name in this because a hundred years ago, everyone would put their name on their brand. Um, well, the real reason is because they used to like send things back and forth across the country, and they had to like literally brand stuff, like their boxes and stuff that they sent, so that people know knew it was theirs, like Hershey's and. Um, Hallmark and like all these companies were named after people and so that's where the word brand came from but Mm. then it became like this mark of sort of authenticity of like you knew Hershey's um, and Disney and like these people who created these businesses because they wanted you to feel connected to it and to know the owner and still when you go to like small towns and like America, you see like Jane's Nails and George's Auto Shop and like, you know, Jane and you know, George. Mm -hmm. And like, I think there's something really charming and cool about that and knowing the person who like started it and that they care so much about it that they want to put their name into it. So I thought, you know, when I started Brit & Co, I I knew I wanted to raise some money because I wanted to like grow it quickly, which I probably I didn't have to. But I thought, like, I could be doing this the rest of my life. And I actually still think that. Like, I love what I do so much. I get to do so many cool things that I really enjoy doing. So to everyone out there listening, like, I would really think hard about what is that thing you could envision doing the rest of your life? And if that, if you can, like, then do you need to raise money for it? Yeah, I don't know. There's some math involved with answering that question, (laughs) Um, which is something I've been thinking about just in general. So you've, what, 100 people now? Around 100? Yeah, a little over 100 employees. So plus like lots of how different people. is it with over 100 employees versus 40 employees? Like, is it radically different? Yes. So I don't know I'm if you know this, like, Dunbar's know, number. But. Yeah, you know, you probably know this. The Dunbar's number, and I know this because my husband founded a company called Path, which was like a social network that limited you on the number of friends that you could have. So it maxes out at 150 because mm-hmm. that's apparently the number of nodes your brain can maintain at one time. But there are inner circles to that circle um, that have been studied in cognitive science for a long time. Um, Tell and, me the numbers. Okay, ready? Yeah. And it's different for girls and boys. Tell me about okay. girls because I only talk to girls. Okay. And I, so my girls, best friends are girls. Okay, the inner, inner circle for, for boys is one, for girls is two. This is like your BFF. Um Typically for men, it's your their, your wife or your spouse. For women, it's your spouse plus your, like, girl BFF okay. or your sister or it's, like, somebody who's, like, your same My gender. My eldest poodle. Yes, or your dog. <laughs> <laughs> then it goes, okay, so it goes from, like, one or two to five to six. Um, women always have a little bit higher. Five so to six more people? Five to six. Five to six is, like, the next ring. So that's, like. The people that you would call, like, your closest friends, like your bridesmaids. Like, bridesmaid parties generally are, like, six people. Um, okay. Did you know that? Average bridesmaid number? Really? Yeah. Wow, I can't believe people have more than that. That's insane. I had eight. I crazy? had four, but none of them knew what bridesmaid <laughs> duties were. So it was, like, just, like, funny. And we got to get ready together. But. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so from then it goes to um, 15 to 20. And that's like the people you would see on see on the weekends. It's generally like a similar amount of people in a certain month that you see on the weekends. Then it goes 50. And 50 is like a key number in terms of a company because, well, first of all, you have to like implement all these HR things and legal things Blech. and processes at 50, which is so <laughs> annoying. I know. Um, <laughs> sound like I'm 12. I'm sorry. But after 50, it's 150. So between 50 and 150 is like the craziest phase of a company when – 
you are really maxing out on how many people you can actually maintain relationships That's how it with. Felt. Yeah. I didn't and I'm know in there that was phase right now. Science behind There's it. Science. It's nuts. Yeah. It's really nuts. When I know. you have like forty or fifty people, when people tell me they have forty or fifty people in a company, I'm like, you're That's like stop. So sweet. Well, you're like stop. Hiring. I'm like yeah. It get, it's like it stops being fun. Like as fun. Like well, after that like number, it's hard. Because really hard. I can't. I like knowing all my employees you, and like yeah, taking them so to lunch hard. and like just hearing feel about their life, never ending mentoring them. Yeah. Like, like it sucks. Can't keep up with people. Know. You know, some there's new people coming in all the time. You're not sure what they do, and they're joining mm-hmm. your company's called Britain Co. Know. You know, it's like I'm, I, I hate when I'm like <laughs> I, know. I see a new person that I haven't met yet. And I'm like, hi, I'm Brit, and they're I like, know. I fucking know. Like I, I work know. at your company. <laughs> what do you do? That's so nice though, because it's like scary to walk up to your own. Empl- I don't know. I like, know, but I feel like it's important. Is it weird that I'm like not at all? It's so important because everyone's like probably intimidated. I know. I'm That's intimidated. The other thing. Why do people get scared of you? I, because you're the boss. We talked but, like, about this. But like, it's not scary when you have twenty employees. You're like all friends. I don't know. Maybe there's some science behind that too. No, I want to study this. But like, yeah, hundred people. It's like, oh god. There's this guy, Greg. He was the CEO at eHarmony once. Oh, how do, do you know, know him? him? No. <laughs> Why do you know the CEO of eHarmony? Because he's like, he's like a guy that someone introduced me to. Because he like <laughs> on eHarmony. And he said something once that totally freaked me out. And advice like this, there's some advice that I just don't think is worth giving. Mm. Anyway, I'm gonna make you guys hear it. Um, it's just, it's haunted me ever since. And it really makes you clam up as a leader when someone tells you this. And maybe this is just very telling about who I am because it made me clam up and whatever. You can judge me. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, uh, well, when you're the CEO, when you walk into an elevator and two of your employees are there and you talk to one of them, that says something to everybody else that's there. Who you talk to and don't talk to is like, a political message in your own organization. There's like a power thing. People and think I'm like, like better you, friends with people and therefore I like prefer their ideas or something. So I don't know. scary to be. Do you know yeah. what I'm thinking of doing? What? Is starting an We're internal Britain Co. <laughs> podcast where I, I can like talk to employees once a week. That's really cool. And someone's going to interview me and just be like, what was on your mind this week? And like, who do you think like killed it this week? And because I could write that in an email, but it would take a long time, and then I would have to like force myself to do it. And I have a ton. No, of but once you're email. stuck in a room, when you're stuck in a room with someone asking you, and you have a microphone. I think that's kind of brilliant, right? I do. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of work, though. But I think it could be a ten minute. It could even it. be a phone call, ten minute. Because in voice, have you used voice text before? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, it's just faster. So you can instead of writing and dictating this whole email and editing your grammar and all that stuff. You can just like have a five minute just conversation. Just let Siri do it. Yeah. Or just kidding. Um, <laughs> so, what is the breakdown of your team? Like, you know, how many writers versus engineers versus event producers versus teachers for the online <laughs> courses? Yeah. All and the ad salespeople and creatives. Mm-hmm. What? Creative is probably our biggest team, actually. Probably not surprisingly, especially if you count video. So, we have just straight up like, designers and like literally a job title at Britain Co is a DIYer. Like that's, that's what cute. they do all day. They like make things. It's the best job at the company. Stylists, um, photographers, videographers, graphic designers, product designers. So we probably have like um, of all of those people, like 40 to 45 maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's a big, like with video, it's a big org. And then Editorial is like lean for an, a media company because we, we use a lot of contributors. Mm. 
if anyone's listening wants to be a contributor, let me know. Um, but we love like working with outside talent with fresh voices and, and sort of category expertise, whether it's like beauty or events or weddings or whatever. Um, so we have hundreds of contributors. We only have like 10 to 15 on the editorial team. Sales is like 15. Engineering is like 15 to 20. Um, so pretty evenly split apart from creative. So you do stuff for the Today Show. Yeah. What's that like? Life television oh is terrifying. I know. I've Well, you're probably good at it now. Well, yeah, but like, I don't know. Everyone thinks I like put my name in this so I could like be famous or something. And I was, I've been like, I never was trained to be on television. I never like had aspirations to be like a TV star. Uh Um, And so the Today Show emailed me out of the blue within the first year of starting the company and wanted me to come do a 4th of July segment. And I was like, oh my God. And freaking out. Couldn't sleep the night before. I think my hands were shaking on the set. Like, because behind the camera is like 5 million people live. Uh Uh Like, if you mess up, it's crazy. By the way, little tidbit. Can I tell you a tidbit on the Today Show? This is insider info. Okay. So, this guy, I won't say his name, had been a big wig at NBC and was sort of coaching me after I did my first Today Show um, segment. And he said, Britt, you were good. But you need to get another wedding ring. And I was like, why? And he's like, well, first of all, just know that it's really good that you're married um, because the female audience watching doesn't see you as a threat. It's even better if you have children. At the time, I didn't have kids. And I was like, okay, noted. Um, And he's like, but you need to be married with like a really like basic wedding band so that women don't feel threatened by you. Like, but like you have a bigger ring than they do or something. And so I was like, oh my gosh, really? So the, like the next time, like the day before, it was like the day before the next um, segment I had to do. And I'm like in New York by myself. I go to the Diamond District, which is apparently a district in New York (laughs) and sort of sketchy, like men on streets trying to sell Uh you things like inside their jacket. And I'm like, excuse me, I'm looking for a ring, please. And like they're showing me all their goods and (laughs) keep showing me like big diamonds. I'm like, smaller diamonds, smaller. They're like, I've never heard that before from a woman. (laughs) Um, And so I like got this little like rose gold band. Your shill Yeah. So that's like my TV ring now. Oh, my God. I know. Isn't that weird? You have to do that. It's not cool. That's not cool because I'm looking at your ring and it's like. It's beautiful, but no, it's not obscene. It's not like Kim Kardashian. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's like a normal size wedding Sucks ring. When, yeah, when you have to like mute parts of yourself to make other people feel better. Yeah, and you can't just like what you do is political. When you're in a position of leadership, when you have those responsibilities, whether it's your team or the public at large, and yeah, you can't just like be like blah. I'm myself all the time. Yeah, and I think you and I both do a pretty good job of. Being just ourselves being as real. much as possible. Yeah, totally. But just know that even though, like, I, I, I burp on this it. podcast and have tattoos, <laughs> there's a lot that I don't talk about. And someday I hope I can. Ooh, I want to know. So, the Today Anyways, Show. the Today Show. So now it's been like three or four years that I've been it doing San Francisco? TV. Like, I did TV today before I came over here. What? Yeah. In LA? Yeah. Do you come to LA for it or do you can yeah. you do it up there? Well, this wasn't the Today Show. This was for the Hallmark Channel. Um, oh. I'm coming back for something with CBS in a couple of days. Wow. And like I've done Steve Harvey and Rachel Ray. Do you and fly like, like Surfair or any of that stuff? Um, I, I tried Surfair, but it didn't work out. For, I'm not in LA. I'm in New York you, way more than you LA. Fly? <laughs> JetBlue Mint. Oh, yeah, me too. It's the to best. New York. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, my gosh. So you guys just announced something with Target. 
Yeah. That's so exciting. So we're starting to make real product. This has been like part of my dream because I've always loved to make things. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> Got it. like part of the business <laughs> is making things. I know, but like no. it's like the association of like teaching people to make things on their own, but I've also like to make real things too. And so maybe more than one of each thing. Yeah. Sounds like that's what like Target packages does. of things. Yeah. So Target, um, yeah, we just launched this new collection of kind of like tableware, servingware, plates, cups, napkins, hot cups, cold cups, um, cool. super cute like confetti patterns and bright colors. And there's some holiday patterns. And I think they're sort of fun for like every day, but they're especially cool for parties and entertaining and all of that stuff, too. And so it was fun to like learn the business of Target and hopefully we'll do more with them. Um, I think it's been it's so fun to like think about thinking about a product and how you would do it differently mm-hmm. um, and make it better than what exists right now on the market. Especially things that are so, um, that are such commodities yeah. in a way. I think it's more fun and challenging to make something like a notebook or right. a cup. How do you make this something that I would walk over to and want to buy it? You yeah. know, it's like you don't have to reinvent the wheel to change what is offered out in the world on a really massive scale. I think yeah. it's like especially fun to play, I think, on a scale that you right. are with Target. Well, Target's such so an cool. amazing part. Like I yeah. I think it, we did a survey of our audience and like 68% said Target's their favorite retailer. And there were like a ton of retailers on the list. So Target, it's like... It's kind of like a candy store. It's so good. They really appreciate design, but they're like still like for the people and pricing is like great. And so they've just been really amazing to work with and... Part of the proceeds of everything we do goes back to the I Am Creative Foundation, which is our foundation. And we, we Tell give, me about it. Yeah, we give grants to women and girls for kind of big creative business pursuits. So one woman this year um, has a company called Panda Print Shop, and she wanted to create like a, mobile, like a food truck for like DIY and crafts and like teaching people how to do all kinds of things. And she lives in the lower Rio Grande Valley in Texas, which is pretty desolate, doesn't have like traditional retail stores. People don't have like art supplies and don't have access to instructors and teachers who can teach them this stuff. So the fact that it can like travel all around and she can do like a traveling bus like educational tour and like actually do hands-on stuff is really interesting. So other times women could apply and say like, I want to be, I've decided to not be an accountant. I want to be a professional photographer. I've been like taking all these courses, but I need this like new lens for my camera to take it to the next level or, you know, like whatever it is. And, and so we sort of evaluate all the applications and we have this epic group of advisors from like Lauren Conrad. You should be one. Lauren Conrad, like the CMO of Facebook, the CMO of Google. And, and it's really fun. Every year we give away lots of grants. How much are the grants? Uh, they're up to fifteen thousand cool. dollars each. Yeah. So if you guys didn't ma- get the girl boss grant, go over. To yeah, <laughs> or you can be your secondary. <laughs> it can be your secondary application, <laughs> yeah. or vice versa. Vice versa. Yeah. to you. We should cool. do a co-grant and give away like lots of 30 money. Thirty grand. Ooh, is do you guys give up to fifteen? We give up to fifteen. We just oh. give fifteen flat now because everyone uh, asks for fifteen. If you oh. say up to fifteen, they people just, do just it. ask for fifteen. Yeah, people, oh, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. My my people haven't learned that yet. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, just at a certain point, it was like, oh. yeah. what is the future of Britain Co? Ooh, good question. Hopefully, it's that like we can impact more women and young young girls around the world and really encourage them to try something creative and get over their like crazy fear that they're not adequate enough. 
which isn't all of us, even me, like after doing this for so many years. But as a company, I mean, I'm trying to get to profitability as quickly as possible. As a founder, that's like a huge deal. And when you raise venture capital money, they expect you to invest it in all these growth businesses and, you know, you know, hiring a lot of people. And I really want to take control of uh, the reins and, and make a solid business. So I'm excited for that. Um, I'm excited about video. Like right now, the media industry is just having a crazy moment. It's I think the best word I've heard is like it's turbulent. Um, What's going on? Okay, so TV and print are like 10 years later after Google TV and YouTube that I worked on are finally morphing into digital. And the new media companies like Brit & Co and Vice and BuzzFeed and Refinery29 and Vox are all like Navy Girl Boss. Navy Girl Boss <laughs> <laughs> are like nimble and moving fast and ahead of the game and building bigger audiences than like a lot of people have with TV networks. So it's fascinating because all the advertising dollars are moving from like TV commercials and print ads to internet, you know, campaigns and digital media. And so there's just a, such a big opportunity to create what is the next network. If like all the TV networks went away and new ones started, could Girlboss be a network? Could Britain Co. be a network? Like, how would you program content 24 hours a day? You guys could be a network. Um, I, that's sort of like the vision, right? I I love content. I, I mean, love something between like HGTV and like HSN. Yeah. But like fun. Yeah, but not yeah. programmas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not with like like only like prescription commercials. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> I forgot to take my pills. Um, and then, yeah, we'll see what keeps happening with like products that we make. I mean, I've, since I was 12, I've wanted to invent the hands-free blow dryer. That's Whoa. been, that's like or a life goal for me. You can sit down under one. They have those things at like the salon. I just found one on Amazon. Um, They're so cool. Not one of those. It's like a plastic bag that suctions onto your hair dryer and then fits around your head like a cap and then blows air. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that's like good for curly hair or just I any know. hair. I have never tried it, but I'm about to do it on video. We have a series called Brit IRL um, <laughs> where I must like do random shit and see if it's cool. Cute. So we'll see. But if not, then I'm going to invent my own version. Cool. Yeah, we'll see. What is your routine like? Okay, so you're a mom now. How has your life changed since you've become a mom? What's a, what's a normal morning like for you? Oh, my gosh. Like last night, my oldest just turned two on Saturday. His Happy name birthday, is, Ansel. Yeah, his name's Ansel after Ansel Adams. Um, we love photography. But so he just turned two. Like I woke up at 5 a.m. today to get down to L.A. Um, but if not, I would wake up generally at like 7, be up with the kids for like an hour get ready real fast, go to work, by, get to work by nine, work till five, come home, be with the kids for another two hours. I've, I've been also like six month old and then put them down, eat dinner with my husband for like 30 minutes <laughs> and then get back online and finish work. Do you try to eat night. dinner at home as much as possible? No, I go out a lot. I mean, yeah. what's being a founder and, and CEO, like you're invited to all kinds of things. And so sometimes I'll go put them down, then they go go back out and, like, go to these dinners and things. Are those things glam as glamorous as people who aren't invited think they are? No, I'm sort of <laughs> over a lot of that. Are you? It's like your job. It becomes Do you your go to them? I'm thinking of making a really. role, like, one per week. Yeah, that's a good role. I've got a bunch of stuff this week, and I'm not sure why. Yeah. Um, it's, like, good for networking 
if you're into no, that. I, I, I feel like I'm I'm like networked enough for like the next decade. <laughs> I know. Once day. you get networked enough, you're like, okay, I'm good. You're like, well, yeah. then it's like fun to hang out with people that you actually care about. So I, yeah. I just call that socializing. Just making time and not for your networking. Close friends becomes like a struggle. Yeah. yeah. What's your proudest moment in life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. How, what has it been? Winning the spelling bee was cool. Um, Ooh, God. Now, <laughs> jealous. I know. Um, I, this is cheesy to talk about your kids. No. Really? No. 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 I don't know. What would I be saying? I feel like I have somehow been able to manage the chaos of, like, running a company and having two kids under two, now, like, barely over two, yeah. and a husband that, like, still... I think loves me and <laughs> as crazy as life is right now I feel like I've sort of like got a handle on things I do and I don't but I I'm proud of like the fact that I'm really conscious about it and like my kids love me I like roll on the ground with them as soon as I get home from work every day and like we have an amazing relationship and like my employees seem happy <laughs> I could change tomorrow um, my business is good like I don't know I'm having a proud moment that's so cool now. you yeah. have a lot to be proud of yeah that's awesome I don't know I think it's good when you think like every moment is another proud moment like if you can maintain just some pride about what you're doing with your life I think so yeah and if you're not then there's some changes to be made. exactly <laughs> um, do you feel like you're balanced do you believe in balance mm-hmm. I don't believe in work-life balance because that's kind of, like, yeah. I don't even know what that means. I don't either. Is it supposed to be 50-50? What, like, work is life. I started this company because I loved what I, what I was doing and I turned it into a company. So it's all a blur to me. But I believe in taking time for yourself. That's probably the number one thing I need to work on because I'm always with people, my kids, my husband, my friends, my employees, like, business yeah. dinners. I'm never alone. Um, it's weird. Yeah. Like, the only time I'm alone are driving in my car to work where I listen to podcasts, like hopefully everyone listening to this is doing right now, um, or running on trails. Like, that's my outlet. I live, oh, cool. um, like, kind of in the wilderness. Um, and I love to go trail running or mountain biking and stuff and, like, get out of it all. I don't see anybody, like, for an hour. Yeah. Um, and I just, like, zone out completely. Yeah. So there's an element of balance there, I think. That sounds so nice. Northern yeah, California is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, so we have something called girl boss moments mm-hmm. uh, on this podcast. And a girl boss moment can be any time of your week where you felt like you were in control of your life, where mm-hmm. you did take time for yourself or, you know, achieved something really great in your career or personally. It can be kind of whatever you want it to be, but it's the thing that's yours. What was your girl boss moment this week, Brett? Okay. So... Within the last week, there was one 24-hour period where I was in three cities in 24 hours, none of which were my hometown city. So I was in L.A. for this, like, Fortune Women's event. Then I took a red eye to New York. I got an Uber, went straight to the Today Show, went on air after a red eye. Like, thank God my flight wasn't delayed. Um, (laughs) And... Thank God that they have good hair and makeup people who put concealer on my eyes. Um, But went on air and doing a Halloween costume segment. I was dressed as an ice cream cone. Um, Had to go out into Rockefeller Plaza because I needed to catch my other Uber to go back to the airport immediately after the segment. So I was like in the city for five minutes, literally, and then out. 
But I was like walking around Rockefeller Plaza in an ice cream costume oh my God. in Manhattan, um, which was awesome. There's a photo of it on my Instagram, at oh Brit. And then I took a flight to Minneapolis to do some meetings with some Target execs. And so it was like total power day. Wow. And I, all my flights were on time, so I made it happen. But it was really terrifying. And to walk as an ice cream cone. Oh my god, you're such a cute ice cream cone. <laughs> Just chilling. Get it? Plaza. I do oh love a good pun. Just chilling. Ice cream. So get cute. it? Yeah. Keeping it cool. I like the like, wig. There were so many good puns for ice cream. It was hard to choose one. You like the wig? Yeah, I'm thinking of going with a white bob in the future. <laughs> yeah, right. If I like go granny old school. Are you going to go all gray when you're old? Uh, prob- I don't know if it's a good color gray. If it's like poopy, no. If it's white, mm. yeah. Oh, you'll do white. I I would do white, not but salt I, and pepper. I don't know. Mm. Do you have gray hairs? No, I don't think I don't either. But I just keep dyeing my hair. So, <laughs> Britt, where can we find you, and where can we find Brett and Co? Oh, good question. Well, I am at Brit on basically every social network. And at because you have friends at all those social networks. Well, no, I like to say I'm an early adopter. Get that handle. <laughs> I was the 2000th user on Twitter, just FYI. Wow. Um, so at Brit or at Brit and Co is Brit and Co, and then we are Brit dot Co. Cool. Really That's easy. easy. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having this me. This was fun. Yeah. All right, and now for some girl boss moments. Girl boss moments are a time in your week when you feel like you're in control of your life. That could mean getting a promotion, nailing the dance move you've been practicing, or taking a much needed vacation. Whatever it is to you, you can send in your girl boss moments so we can all celebrate together on this podcast by using the hashtag girlbossmoment via Twitter or Instagram. Each week, I share girl boss moments on the podcast, and we publish one at girlboss.com with an expanded interview. With one of our listeners. C underscore lion says running a small creative studio while consulting for two other companies. My girl boss moment is never missing a deadline. Hashtag own it. Libby Teal at Libby Teal says just book ticks for the Sophia Amoruso business chicks event in Sydney. Excited. Girl boss moment. So cool. I've never been to Australia. I'm going in a few weeks. I can't wait to meet all of you guys. I can't wait to eat kangaroo. And I can't wait to swim in the ocean. Julia M. Roberts at Jules Roberts says, I moved across the world to London and just got my first job in the field I actually studied in. So cool. Krista Collins at Krista Collins says, officially Google Analytics certified. Girl boss moment. That is some powerful shit. Victoria Hubbard at Hubba Hubba Hubbard. That's a good one. I spent a total of $1,830 on home repairs this morning. Super painful, but also a girl boss moment. Wow. Morrow at Shostibot says, this week I signed up for a long year-long program to help me develop a business I've been dreaming of for years. Hashtag entrepreneur. And Carly at Carly Matei says, getting together with a friend in Miami to collect stuff to send over to Haiti. Amazing, amazing. My girl boss moment. My girl boss moment is just coming home. It's been seeing my dogs, cooking dinner at home, hanging out with my man, Uh, trying to catch up with friends now that I'm back in town. 
that's a lot of moments, I guess. Mostly just seeing my dogs, I think. I really, really missed them. And they're little fairies. They're little carpet fairies. They just bounce around, and they're so happy, and they're always happy to see me, and they need me, and I can't forget to give them water. And, you know, it's just like as if I wasn't busy enough. I have three dogs now. I'm like a single mother of three dogs, and um, they're just lovely. Yeah. And you guys, this I'm excited about. We are unveiling a new Girl Boss radio segment called Girl Boss Hotline. This is time for you to call us and connect on a deeper level. There was snail mail and now there's snail phone. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, we're calling this Girl Boss Hotline. And it's an opportunity for you to call in and ask a question. It can be any question that's, you know, generally related to girl bossdom, life, winning, losing, learning, all of the things that um, I'm doing too. And I'm going to answer your questions. And I might not have answers for some of those questions, so maybe I'll bring on an expert. We'll see. So you can call our new number, one eight four four girl boss Yes, the girl boss Hotline. Call the number, ask the question. We'll play your recorded question on the podcast. So send your questions about anything you want, work attire, gum chewing. Hey, even relationships because I now am like experienced with doing those well and not. Anyway, I want to hear from you guys. So please call and we're going to have a great time together. All right, you guys. That was a very exciting update, a very exciting episode of Girl Boss Radio. Our producer of Girl Boss Radio is Shara Morris. Thanks also to Odelia Rubin, Kristen Meinzer, Laura Mayer, and Andy Bowers at Panoply. To stay in touch with all things Girl Boss, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Girl Boss. You can sign up for our newsletter, Girl Boss Diary, by going to girlboss.com, and you can follow me, Sophia Amoruso, at Sophia Amoruso, with a P-H-A-M-O-R-U-S-O, on Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter. I hope Girl Boss Radio helps you to achieve your goals, so please help us achieve ours. We're always trying to grow our audience. We want you to subscribe, download the podcast app, subscribe to us, tell your friends on social media, in person, anywhere you can, on the subway, about Girl Boss Radio. Thank you so much. And also thank you to the band Phases for our theme song. I'm Sophia Amoruso. Talk to you next week. <laughs>